0: My name's Marcus, and I'm no expert comic book collector. With help from some not-like-minded friends and you, our audience, I want to explore the amazing medium of comic books. This podcast is a reaction to all the common misconceptions I hear about comics as an art form. It's about how superheroes aren't the only type of stories you can find in comics. From true crime and memoir to historical fiction and sci-fi, comics have it all. This podcast is about educating people on what they can find out there and giving readers new, old, or misinformed something great to read. Listen up, nerds and future nerds. This is the VF Comics Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the VF Comics Podcast. I'm Marcus, and please excuse me because this week I'm a little bit tired. This weekend, Tom and I raised money uh, through Children's Hospital's Extra Life Marathon, and we're still raising money. So while you listen to me tiredly talk about comics this week, think about donating. You'll find a link in the description below for doing that. But now on with our show. This week, I am proud, happy, and excited, and maybe a little scared to have Meg with us. (laughs) <laughs> and <laughs> and for those who are in need of a hero, look no further than James. Howdy. That is your hero catchphrase now. <laughs> James comes to rescue. Mm, yep. Howdy. Fin- <laughs> Howdy. And finally, I've wanted to say to you, Tom, for a long time that I'm very jealous of your hair. And thank you for being with us. Hello, how are you? <laughs> Good. Give me your hair. I think you, <laughs> you know. yeah, do. You have to give a pop your so hair. hair. <laughs> pop up your hair. <laughs> oh man, yes. Anyways, so this week we have a pretty interesting week. It's actually been kind of a full week, uh, in terms of like some, I feel like major developments going on. The first and most major one being that a bunch of workers at image comics have formed a union and that union is called comic book workers united. Um, this year alone, our podcast has talked about how a lot of creators feel the work has been exploited or taken advantage of by their respective corporations that they're working for. And um, you know, sometimes these corporate entities have been giving them some sort of money, but it's usually been a very low amount and, or enough to keep them quiet and not cause problems. Um, alongside this, workers in many industries, including comics have found themselves doing more work with fewer resources during the length of the pandemic. Um, so the noteworthy reason for this union and t- James, please correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first time in the history of the comic industry that a union has formed in a comic book publisher. Mm-hmm. Um a- According to some uh, bleeding cool freelancers, um, this sort of organization has been attempted before, but it ran into a lot of what they called anti-cartel roadblocks, um, and it had difficulty forming and gaining steam. Um, The only statement so far from Image Comics is that Image has always believed in the fair and equitable treatment of staff and has always strived to support employees to the best of our company's abilities with regard to their employment. And as of right now, besides that, they haven't issued any other statements. It's pretty much saying,
1: "Oh, we're we're image and we're trying." Um, and do you I, believe that? Like, do they have that reputation as a publisher?
2: Uh, they have a they have a reputation for supporting uh, creators. Awesome. Now, okay. if, if I'm not mistaken, this is like just like. But behind the scene, folks, mm-hmm. right? At, at Image, it's not necessarily about the actual creator. No, not. Oh, so yet. okay, yeah. okay. So
0: and it's Comic Book Workers um, United, so it's trying to encompass, you know, not just your creators, but everyone who works there.
2: Okay, uh, well, you, you know, generally that's run into trouble in, in the past because of you know different laws about uh, about how you recognize work for hire or freelance work. Uh, So um, it's interesting. I think that, you know, I'm, I'm very much a pro union guy. I've, uh, I know that, uh, you know, I've had family who's been involved in unions. Uh, Just about everything good that most workers have right now is because of unions. Uh, So, I mean, have any in the comic book industry. Uh, you know, I mean, they should have the right to do that, I don't think. But we'll see what Image thinks. And I don't think they that they've recognized it. As they? far
0: as I can tell, they haven't recognized it yet. I think everything's happening still behind closed doors. You know, Image, yeah, does have a reputation for like they kind of started um for the very reason that their company for the very reason that workers are trying to start a union. There and that image started with a bunch of creators trying to, who wanted them to have more control over what they were doing and support independent publishers. They didn't want to be under the thumb of the big two and not own anything that they were creating. Um, So, yeah, so like I, I, you know, I know there's a lot of complexities to unions, and I won't, you know, claim to be an expert here. You know, I've, I've seen the pros and the cons, but I definitely think the pros outweigh the cons. And especially now, I feel like for the last year, all I've heard about is how various businesses for a variety of reasons have had to take advantage of their workers and have them do more than usual on a smaller budget or a limited budget or, you know, I, as the video game industry is dealing with a lot of issues with crunch um, and yeah. stuff like that. You know, everything's kind of coming to an head where these previously ununionized groups are probably going to start coming together for just, you know, it's a shame they shouldn't have to come together to say, hey, we don't want to work 80 hours every single week. And, you know, I know someone will be like, oh, well my grandpa worked 80 hours a week or I work 80 hours a week. Well, your problem Mm -hmm. isn't with these groups that are trying to not do that you're also being taken advantage of and you should want to not be taken advantage of. Um, That sort of thing leads to burnout and other sorts of mental health issues and can affect your own relationships with people. Like it's not as simple as like, well, I do it so they can do it. It's like, no, you're an angry asshole on the internet. Like you clearly got issues. (laughs) (laughs) You probably could use a shorter week.
1: Yeah. I mean,
3: I'm surprised this is the first.
0: The first,
1: oh, the
2: well, first I'm, union. I'm thinking, I think that the it's, it's well, been the tried first, yeah. for, but oh, it's been attempted. Oh, but oh, like, hard. I
0: don't think it's ever gotten like this far of as far as them actually finally getting it all together. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, I think we, we got a oh, good
3: for them. That's awesome. and I think we got
1: to keep in mind. I like, guess consumers too, especially like Marcus. You mentioned like video game studios and Crunch, like we put that pressure on that too by demanding the releases, you know, like mm-hmm. we'll sit there and say like, we'll talk about supporting people and wanting these people to have fair treatment, and stuff like that, but then also rant at them on Twitter when the game is delayed or, or something like that. And so mm-hmm. I think like attention should be paid to that too. Cause that is why okay. those people are being forced to stay in the office, uh, working for so long mm-hmm. is, so that they can turn that product over as fast as possible. Well, you know?
0: Usually the common voice on the internet is dissatisfaction. And I think it's something that we all have to start doing is, you know, voicing satisfaction and understanding a bit more about things. Because right now on the internet, on Twitter, if you are upset with something, you're going to drown out someone who is maybe more understanding about that situation or something like that. Um
2: Yeah. Well, with the unions, I mean, you know, going, you know, going back in American history, you have, you know, a pretty proud tradition of of these types of organizations, you know, trying to get large sweeping things done done for their workers. And even whenever they're, they're not able to get everything that they want, they still get some pretty significant things. You know, if you have, you know, paid time off, it was probably because of a mm-hmm. union, even if, if, if where you worked never had one. Uh, you know, all of these things sort of spring forth for, from that. I mean, I'm, I'm interested at, as to why it started at Image. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mainly because Image is one of the smaller... Well, I mean, they're, they're not Marvel or DC. Let me just yeah, 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 yeah. So, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like... You know exactly what were the uh, what were the issues that that led to this, and you know,
0: yeah, because I haven't noticed any sort of significant I, I news out of image that would lead to this.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean it's it, it's interesting, and I mean, knowing knowing those guys who are on the, uh, I guess you you could call them the founders or whatever, they usually make all the decisions. Uh, in, in regards to this kind of stuff, I'm just wondering how they're going to respond to this. What jobs um, does this
1: involve, James? Like specifically at the, at the studio or at the publisher? What what jobs is this de- involving? You said not creators. Well, yeah, but... that's
2: that's that's kind of what I'm wondering. Too. Oh, okay. Is there creators? is there is, is, it, is, is a it, list of people
0: uh, I believe who have like signed yeah, the okay. open letter. Um. I'll look it up while James keeps going on.
2: Well, I mean, you know, those, those original founders are very independent people. I mean, I'm just the first thing that, that, that pops into my mind is, Oh, I wonder how Todd's going to negotiate with the union. <laughs> you know, It's like, uh, I'm wondering how that's going to go over because, you know, he is notoriously independent and, uh very particular with his uh with his business um uh, you know and image is a lot different than it was whenever those guys were were in control but from what i understand it's still pretty much a you know something that that they're all the final say on so i don't you know i i i'm just curious how that's going to uh, going to play out especially considering that you know they would be a, a smaller operation than Marvel or DC. And, you know, whenever that, they made that last round of cuts at, uh, at DC, you know, they consolidated a lot of jobs there. So there's a lot of people over there pulling double and triple work. Ooh, yeah. I, I, I know with, with editorial, it, it ended up like that. So
0: oh, I'm sure DC uh, and Marvel how are started. watching this development because Image is small, but they're one of the big, small guys. You know, like they are, they, they've they managed to go a lot longer than a lot of these other small companies, um, not toe to toe with the big two, but survive in the same environment and whatever does happen over at image i think is definitely going to have um, repercussions. F- repercussions across yeah. the industry um, from you know not just at like your publishers but you know even your distributors too so mm-hmm. yeah i you know i you know i hope the best for them you know like i'm all for you know, I will wait to. I will wait for things to improve quality, and um, and to help workers avoid that sort of crunch. Fair treatment as, for workers, yeah. For, yeah. And as, you know, it's like as someone who's like felt like that, you know. And part of it is it's the expectation to put on myself as someone who is like kind of burned out on something that they've done and that they wanted to put a lot into, you know. I think the reason that these companies don't think much about people burning out and leaving is that how very it's a common, you know, understanding is how replaceable we all are and we've got to stop treating people like that.
2: So, yeah, I mean, for decades, unions have been slowly whittled away. I mean, they're hardly mm-hmm. even a, mm. a factor these days. And, you know, in most industries just because of the way that, you know the, uh, you know the the, the political climate ha- has been so anti-union. Yeah,
1: they try to. They, I feel like people try to paint them as corrupt a little bit. You know,
2: corrupt or you know socialist or. You
1: know, oh whatever. yeah. But, well, mean, they
0: focus on the negatives. You know, like in teachers' unions, like they focus on the negative. Like, oh, well, teachers' unions keep bad teachers like in the classroom. Um, first off, having worked in a number of schools. Plenty of bad teachers in the classrooms without the help of the unions guys. Um, <laughs> but two, like they, you know, they create this witch hunt sort of situation. I'm like, well, look what they do. And it's like, James, like you said earlier, any good positive things, you know, that you've gotten out of your work, whether it be vacation and things like that, are probably because of unions. Because people.
2: Safety. Thinking, safety, you know, is you know, just like safety requirements and, and things at work. I mean, you know, you know, corporations did not want to just all of a sudden have to implement a lot of these things. They had to be made to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's really the only way you can do that is to organize.
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, we can look now, yeah. like, you know, again, looking at like other corporations like Amazon, they the way they pay and, you, you know, utilize people and the things they do like a corporation, even when someone sees a corporation do something good, it's usually because of pressure that they're doing that. And James, you've voiced that and you called yourself cynical <laughs> a few in the last few weeks about thinking that way, but it's, you know, don't, don't forget these are corporations and the people at the top making these decisions. They care about making their money. And yeah, that's mostly, I it. mean,
1: f- like for example, at Amazon, like it definitely is stated that like, Jeff Bezos doesn't like to keep factory workers for like a set number of years. Um, He has very high turnover rate because he feels like, you know, trying to think how to word it that workers, the longer they're there, get more uh, agitated. They don't work as hard. They feel like they're owed more. And uh, a lot of the benefits that come with being loyal to a place for a long time doesn't want to pay those off to workers or or deal with that and so it's easier to not ax them out move them off replace them and always have someone who's like hungry trying to climb the ladder but not realizing that the there's no ladder to climb in in that in that area that's
2: man that's a that's that's a playbook that's utilized in a lot of places even in like you know i've seen it in mental health uh in mental health companies and, and things like that, where they really rely on young, you know, really uh, motivated, uh, you know, inexperienced workers rather than, than pay for the ones who actually kind of know what they're doing.
0: And it's funny that the data that Bezos and these companies have, it's like the studies that gave them the information to know that we're probably done with the idea like we want to improve workforce morale and improve like our employees. <laughs> but there, yeah. but it's like, it's like the data could be, you know, as potential probably collected for like a good reason by an organization that wants to help out. But instead, he yeah, took that down and was like, oh, well, then it seems after this point, we just let's get rid of them. It's not worth it. And by not worth it, I mean, like, that sounds like that'll cost money that I don't want to give. And you're telling me that they are replaceable. So why would I, why would I spend more money to do something that I can clearly do? I like, yeah, oh, well, well, that's
2: cranked way. to because you could clearly, it, it, cool. if this cranked up over at uh, you know DC or Marvel or whatever, I mean Warner Brothers or Disney would have like crushed this in like two Absolutely. seconds. Absolutely, yeah. and that's what a yeah. lot so, of companies do. Um, and that's
0: maybe why it started at Image because a lot of companies crush it. Like I have been in a room at a at a place where I was t- I was told with a large group of people, if
1: you join a union or you think about joining a union, you will be fired immediately. That's in an office episode too. Yes. Like oh my they, God. they cover that in an episode of
2: The oh. Office yeah. as well. And so it's sometimes. Well, in Arkansas, you know, we're a, a right to work state yeah. and they can fire you for mm-hmm. anything, you know? So if it, yeah, if you do. They they're,
0: can, they're just like, oh, you whisper whoa. about it, you Google search it on your computer, you are, you're gone. Um, oh, no. So. Hey,
1: that's yep, so it is. Scary. It is terrifying. It is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Mm. So I think we are in agreement on this one, at least, that this could be really good, but it's definitely going to have ramifications. It'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. Um, I can't wait. I I honestly can't wait to see. We will keep you updated on how Image responds and if this ends up moving forward Because I think it could be great if it does. Um, But the next piece of news is a little bit different. And everybody's favorite director, Taika Waititi. And when I say everyone's favorite director, this guy is just delightful. I've always seen him in every interview as just being friendly and kind. He's made some really popular but also strange, weird movies. From what we do in the shadows, a mockumentary about vampires sharing a flat <laughs> in New Zealand, to Thor Ragnarok, uh, Jojo Rabbit about a little boy whose imaginary friend is Hitler, um, and then also uh, with the Sam Neil piece, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, it, it, I mean, just this. I feel like he has some range, but he always has like this quirky comedy. To everything he does, but he is going to be adapting a very famous and well-known comic called The incal for the big screen, and The incal is the work of Alejandro Jodor- Jodorowski. I always stumble saying his last name. Um, uh,
3: yeah, that's okay.
2: That's,
0: that's just, and this, yeah. and it from it sounds like it's after seeing. What he did with Or Ragnarok, this definitely sounds like it's something in his alley because it centers on an intergalactic private eye named John DeFool who gets caught up in a grand space opera after happening on a mystical artifact called the NCAW. Along with a ragtag crew, DeFool must go on a journey to save the universe. And considering this book is from the 70s, it's very it definitely like, as much as I love Jack Kirby and I think he's such a unique uh, writer and artist. It has those same sort of like pop 70s vibes. And I think Taika Waititi's sensibilities is the perfect person to bring it at least visually um, to the big screen. And also, uh, Jodorowsky, a long time ago, or before David Lynch got his hands on it, worked on a version of the Dune film. And one thing he wanted to do, and he is hoping Taika Waititi does this with his adapting his own book. Um, is that he is very big on if you're going to adapt something, you should do something different with it. There's no point in just telling the same sort of story. He seems to be of the mind of tell your version of this story if you're going to adapt it to a different piece of medium, which is not a sentiment I feel like I hear out of a lot of uh, writers or artists whose work is adapted to a different
1: medium. Um, How do you guys prefer adaptations? Do you like it when it's an interpretation, or do you like it if it's pretty faithful?
3: Mm, I like uh, it faithful. I know uh, that's awful.
2: I'm I'm pretty loose with it. I don't uh, usually. I if there's a good director involved, I'm going to give them a lot of leeway on what they do with it. Yeah, depending on who it is. I mean, or if I have a sense of trust with them, you know, as far as
0: if I could have the perfect situation yeah. in either direction, I would, like like that. I would choose to make their own, but only if I knew both could be great. Like you have to be like, like this yeah. both could be great. Mm-hmm. I prefer to see the different thing to see if like, maybe there's something that that director, when they read it and the writers read it and they got a, maybe a different idea of some themes from it that maybe I didn't get when I read the book. So you're just, just kind of gives you like a, Oh, okay. That's an interesting sort of moment.
2: Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I've seen adaptations that were, you know, panel by panel comic, you know, like a Watchmen, Zack Snyder, you know, (laughs) that, that, uh, you know, felt a little bit stiff, Mm -hmm. you know, and, And I've seen adaptations where they just kind of do their own thing with it. And uh, it ends up being as good, if not better, than Mm -hmm. what it came from. So, you know, it just depends.
0: When you look at adaptation, that's like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and sometimes the structure of like a book or a comic doesn't fit as well with like a movie or a television show. So you've got to, in my opinion, you've got to take liberties when you go to a different medium with it. Because. I know like in terms of like a comic book with the static images and panels that just, I remember Ang Lee tried to use, utilize panels in his camera work as being like, oh, this is a way to do it. Um, And that just didn't like work for me because that sort of style just doesn't translate to film.
2: I will go to my grave saying that that was a great movie. I'll go to my grave. I don't
0: hate it. I got it. I remember getting I actually got it Christmas morning and I on VHS. And I, Oh, really? <laughs> yep. I got really? a VHS a copy of it. That's awesome. And I went to my bedroom and I put it in the VCR and I went back to sleep Christmas morning with it in my VCR watching it like I super dug it. I think there are some misses in it, but it just like that, you know, some of that work for it of just like him trying to be like, here is a the comic format on the screen. I was like I don't. I don't need that. Um, I just. I didn't think it did much for it. I see what he was doing, but you know, it just wasn't for me. I'm looking at James, and I want to be like, "It's bad, James," (laughs) just to get him all worked
1: up. (laughs) (laughs) You're
0: on the same uh, side on
2: this, yeah. (laughs) Someone actually made an.
3: Yeah. What? What is this? Somebody made
2: an actual comic book.
3: Fight! Fight!
0: Um. So something I thought worth mentioning too about Alejandro Jodorowsky, and this is something that I I came up, and I'm not reporting this as fact or it for sure happened. Um, he has come back and say say basically said he did he he made these statements for publicity's sake, but. Jodorowsky was a filmmaker uh, before he got into the comic business and graphic novels. Um, you know, he definitely, and at, he, now he's 90, I think four. Um, and he met with Taika, Waititi, oh my which God. is so cool. Okay. Like he's still pretty, he's still pretty there. He met with Taika yeah, Waititi to discuss the new film. And I think that's so cool. He's sharp. Um, but during his early days in the late sixties and early seventies, he made a film. And in this film, without reading the entire quote, because it's kind of tough to get through. He basically, when talking about making the film, it includes a scene where he is, he is the director and the star. And there's a scene that includes rape and it's his character raping a woman. And when talking about that scene, he has stated that he really raped her and that he, his artist's vision and the way he looked at it was, this was the way to do this. This was the way to get the best version of it. And it's a really, you know, you can see where I'm going. It's a really, really problematic statement. And he's gone back and said, you know, he said that for publicity's sake. He was a small, like, auteur director. And that's not really what happened. But unfortunately, the statement is out there. And so there is conversation about how people feel about that. And, you know, I think it's something that people forgot about for a little bit. And it's coming back up because of this adaptation. Um,
2: yeah, I, I always thought I knew knew about Jodorowsky pretty well, but I, I'd never heard that before. Uh, yeah. El Topo, the, the movie that I think is... One yes, it's
0: El Topo. That
2: the... Uh, it was, he was a European, well, he was really a Spanish, uh, Spanish language director. He worked, he shot movies all over, but, uh, El Topo was pretty, uh, groundbreaking at, at the time. There was really a big movement in the, in European film, uh, the sort of neorealist movement where, uh, they really were looking to throw out all of the old conventions of movie making as, as it being really staged and really wanting to like make it as real as possible, mm-hmm. right down to camera movement, to, to acting styles, everything. And in Europe, there was quite a bit of, uh, you know, with, with the sixties and everything and, and all the artistic turmoil that was going on both politically and uh, you know, rock and roll coming out and everything else. Uh, Joe Dorowski was sort of part of that movement at that time that uh, would eventually lead to the United States. And, you know, that style would be picked up by everybody from, you know, Dennis Hopper, whenever he did Easy Rider and on and on. But uh, El Topo was notable as the first uh, really big midnight movie. Whenever people talk about midnight movies, movies that, that gained notoriety because of it being played on those midnight showings. It was really the first, uh, you would later see, you know, Rocky horror picture show and, uh, Head and other types of movies that would be, that those sort of follow in that tradition. Uh, Joe Dorowski is, is like a re- really fascinating and also weird dude. Uh, you know, he's very involved in everything from being a mom to, being a magician, you know, <laughs> I could read cult, about the all magician of stuff and i was like, things. <laughs> Yeah, I mean he's like uh he's like a really interesting guy. And uh to to, to hear him say that at, at that time, I mean I don't want to make any excuses for him. I really don't. <laughs> I just know that there was a lot of uh bluster during during that that, that period where everybody was kind of trying to kind of top each other on how extreme their, their movie was or how, you know, over the top it was going to be. Uh, but you know, obviously if that happened, it is unacceptable. Uh, and, uh, you know, it just, you know, I've been sitting here thinking about it since, since you told me about it This sort of like makes me think about how I view art and, I wouldn't say he was a hero or anything, but I, he was somebody that I admired as a artist. Um, and it just takes me back to the fact that so many great artists of that generation are just like looked at in a totally different way now, mm-hmm. which is kind of tough for, for, for some of us who, who grew up sort of championing them. But we have to kind of look at it from, you know, you know, is this right or, or, or is this wrong? Because, I mean, you guys know that, you know, Marlon Brando is, like, considered one of the great actors of our generation. Yeah, The Island
0: generation. of Dr.
1: Moreau, classic.
2: And did you Star. know that, that Marlon Brando <laughs> actually did pretty much what, what they're saying Dorowski mm-hmm. did
1: on a movie? That's right.
2: You know, Yes,
1: absolutely. Yes, and, yes.
2: You know, that's the case with him. It's, uh, and I think there's a lot you know, more
0: evidence for what Marlon Brando did than what Joe Dorosky's, uh done. Like,
2: are you, well, 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 yeah, because the the uh, his, his uh, co-star actually spoke up, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. about yeah, for a period of time. I remember so, that? You know, I mean, these guys were all trying to one up each other during that time, and it was uh, mm-hmm. a lot of weird stuff went mm-hmm. on. It was, you know, those baby boomers were all sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and, you know, that fed into that attitude about filmmaking, and, uh, you know, ex- exactly where women stood in that movement was, uh, <laughs> you know, it was, it wasn't what you would think it would be, you know? Yeah. I mean... Well, I think probably like, not even necessarily you know, baby, baby just boomers, a... y- you know, sort of, you know, try revel in, in their triumphs of, of artistic merit or, you know, uh, you know, advancing social issues or whatever. But I mean, that movement, you know, had, you know, musicians sleeping with 13 and 14 year old girls and bragging about it on songs. You had. You you had all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Go
0: listen to some classic rock Megan. Megan's face right now. I don't know if it's frozen or if she's shocked um, (laughs) because of the internet. But yeah, Yeah, like you go listen to a lot of classic songs from the era. And James, I think you bring up a great point of just like, you don't know where to take this because like you said, like there's a possibility. And I couldn't find anything about the actress, um, any statements from her about what did or did not happen. Um, Because even you know, simulated that could be a tough scene to shoot. Um, but I think it's important to, you
2: want to believe a guy if he just like says it, it. but, but at the same time, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, I also know how, what, what that environment was. We're looking at it like
0: like 40, 50 years after the fact. And sometimes looking at things with a historical lens, you know, all, all we can really do is speculate. And, um, Think about, you know, well, what's going on here? What about this? Um, And make our make, make the best judgment um, about how we want to proceed moving forward.
2: Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, El Topo is a brilliant movie. I mean, it really is the Holy Mountain that he did not long after that. Great movie. You know, all these, you know, I mean, they are like towering artistic achievements, and whenever you look and you know, you look at at those sort of realist type movies. I mean, just like in El Topo and Holy Mountain, you know, they slaughtered animals and slung yeah. you know bits of gore around the the estrat the set to make things and to you know create all these like incredibly unsettling images and and everything, and it's like. Man, that was how they were rolling back then. And it was, you know, and, you know, there's merit in that art. Uh, you know, it, it really did say a lot about, I, I know in Holy Mountain about, you know, uh, about the, uh, you know, the revolution, the, the revolutionary movement in a lot of Latin America and things like that. You know, you know, you can make all these different types of observations about the art. Uh, but you also have to recognize that people are people and you can't hurt people while you're making a movie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I mean,
0: yeah, yeah. James, I think I you've mean, like you, I think you explained and went through that super well.
2: Okay. Thank you. I need I'm
3: thing. just looking up all these movies now. I'm like, there's a world that's been opened up to me that I didn't know about.
2: Yeah. Those are great movies. Uh, just, just be ready that they're, like, pretty mind-bending and pretty... Yeah, uh,
0: if you watch a lot of these yes, European films or, like, the, like, you know, Italian giallo films or stuff like that, you're going to see some... You're going to see some stuff. Some wild stuff. I don't know how I feel about um,
2: that. Europe, Europe in, in the 70s... European film in, in the 70s, I mean, it was... It was like, uh, anything goes. It, it was a really crazy time. And, and really, Jodorowsky wow. and some of those guys were like the first guys to really kind of, you know, kick everybody in the rear mm-hmm. on the world stage.
0: Um, So in case everyone can't tell who's listening, James is really into movies and film history and knows a lot about that sort of stuff. Um, But that's not the only thing that he should be known for. James is also the only bad idea to um, store in the state of Arkansas. So, James, I wanted to bring up this piece of news because I think it's really relevant to you. And I know you already know this. Tom, Megan, if y'all haven't heard this, this is a wild. So if you get the first issue of a new bad idea series and you're the first person to get it, you get a special pin. And they said later you can tr- you can send those pins into them for like special gifts. And the first one was like an exclusive comic. And then you could also send in another pin and you can send in any of them that you've collected for a companion issue to either. If you had the passive, you could get aggressive. If you had aggressive, you could get passive. But now (laughs) a bad idea, a publisher who proudly holds such a name has their worst idea yet. And it is that you can send in your pin for a bad idea rock a rock that may or may not have their brand on it if they feel like it and have the time. And that's it. And I've even seen on Twitter some people sending it in and they're like, I want to see what this rock is. I think there's some hope that it's actually something really cool. But a lot... I think I, it's just uh, going to be a fucking one, rock. Oh, sorry. That's fine. I think it's just going to be a one, rock. One store posted a picture of the gravel lot in front of their <laughs> their shop and said, "Guys, guess what? Uh. Bad idea. Give us a bunch of extra rocks. Come on in and get one for free." Yes. <laughs> huh.
3: Um Yeah. Do you guys? Do, does any? Do either of you have pins? I I one do.
2: Uh,
3: I assume it would just I be don't, you. Or
2: James. Because no, I, I have to give them away. Here. I can't have them. Yeah, I can't. I James, don't. I don't keep them. A lot of, you're, I, I, yeah, I, that, I that makes give them sense. I so I don't really. Right. I, I, now, that's not yeah. a given. I know a lot of. I've heard a lot of stories, but uh, no, I'm. A, I'm pretty, uh, pretty much giving mine away. So
0: yeah, and yeah, you know that's the, the craziest thing about this is so these buttons. If you go over to eBay and you look for these buttons. I mean, they go from anywhere from like a hundred to a thousand dollars for one of these buttons. They are very sought after collectible buttons, and if they really send a rock, I mean, bad idea. Like everything, all the things that they've done to me are just wild. Like this is, I can't tell what's going on with this company. Sure. Like, I don't think Do you like it. Either.
1: I can't tell if you like it or not. <clears throat>
0: I don't know yet. Yeah, Marcus,
2: do okay. you like it? <laughs>
0: personal, personal opinion no. is part of me wants to say, you know what? As a company, if they can get away with it, and they're having fun, and their customers are having fun, I'm down to clown.
1: I mean, really, that's all that matters, right? Yeah. So,
0: like, yeah. and it, the, yeah. the engagement seems to be good. Because, you know, if it does end up being just a rock, no one can be like, oh, you, like, teased us. Like, no, bro, we, we told y'all.
2: It's a rock.
3: They told you it's a rock. I hope it is. I hope it is. I mean, it'd be cool if it was something else, but I, I really hope it's, it's actually I do, too.
2: It's going to be a rock.
0: I hope it's a rock. I'd
1: like, I with like one of them to be something else and everything else be a rock. Mm-hmm. I no. think.
2: Maybe, maybe there might be something, mm-hmm. you know, attached to it or, you know, some sort of... Yeah. It has been
0: great on using speculation behind the weird things that they do to drive up collector mm-hmm. prices on their items, like... You know, their, their very first book that they ever sent out, they sent, you know, just tagless to shops, you know, shop owners threw them away or sold them for a buck. And now if you have that piece of paper, you know, those pages, I mean, that's thousands of dollars that you can get. And they just didn't let anybody know. They could have let somebody know and it would still be worth that much, but they didn't. And I, you know, I think Matt Kent. Like I think Matt really Kent and them are just. I don't think they're sitting there rich laughing, but I think they're sitting there going, what do you want to do now? And someone was like, yeah, let's send them rocks. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, there's also the, the issue of like context. Uh, I know that, you know, this, this announcement came shortly after the fact, you know, whenever they announced that they're going to have to delay some stuff, uh, you know, because of the printing and printing crisis yeah. and paper shortages yeah. and shipping issues and all that. Uh, it's, it's just really funny because I've, I've said it before. This is really like a, a hazing program for retailers. I think <laughs> that was, Oh yeah. In a way because it, it's, it's like we field a lot of questions and get a lot of blowback mm-hmm. from, from folks whenever they take somebody off or whatever. I don't mind it, I guess, but it's uh, it was just interesting. Whenever this one came out, it's like after all of that and the delays and everything, then it's like, okay, and we're also going to do this rock thing.
1: And then you get and, angry uh, phone calls about it.
2: <laughs> uh, I don't. I haven't got any angry phone calls about that. I mean, uh, I've gotten angry phone phone calls about other stuff, uh, but uh, I don't know. It's like <laughs> it's just to be philosophical about it, I guess. It's like we're at a point right now where where you're having like irony and sarcasm collide with like cold, harsh reality, and you know, you know, having to deal with you know not having books come in on time and you know things like that. It's like at what point does it does it start to maybe not be funny? Mm -hmm. Well, like Uh, uh,
1: like David Foster Wallace talked about uh, back in the nineties.
2: Yeah, I mean, just kind of a. You know, at what point does it, you know, be, be, because obviously the, uh, the printer crisis and everything has caused a serious kink in, in their plans because we have, uh, the end of the year coming up, which is, you know, when, when they're, they're going to close their doors forever and walk away. <laughs> and, uh,
0: I'm doing air quotes for those who so, are listening. They're going They're so, close their doors forever.
2: Now they're going to be closing their doors, I guess, maybe January, or February, somewhere in there. And, uh, you know, exactly at, at, at what point can, can can you keep pulling this off? And, I mean, I guess they don't care. They, they probably don't. I mean, it's, it's probably fun, You know, but once again, it just seems like that, you know, I think that managing expectations might be a good idea at this point. You know, I mean, if they want to like keep anything going after this, even if, 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 they are dropping the mic and walking away, you know, I mean, you know, you just hope that, that there's a little bit of an understanding that, that people have hopes on these pins. You know, they've been hinting at, at stuff for a long time. People are hoping for, you know, something really cool and they announced the, the, uh, the comics that they were talking about sending with them. And now it's like, okay, now we're talking about rocks. When and, they announced you know, one
0: f- book was pen exclusive, but the other was a book that was split across the, across the country where the Eastern portion of the country got one part of the issue and the Western part got another. So even if you didn't have a pen, yeah. a lot of people were able to contact comic shops or connect with people at other stores and say, Hey, can you send me this one and I'll buy the one I have over here and send it to you and you get the pens from the comic shop. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so really they've only released one exclusive thing for the pens, but they've released a number of pens. So they're, they haven't like, you know, I'm it's, it'll be interesting to see like, yeah, what happens come January, February. Cause I think there will be a point where like, it gets a little bit tiresome. Right now, we're just a year and a half. It's been a really entertaining thing through the pandemic. Um, but I can see people getting fatigued with this.
1: And you um, don't want it to wind up another Lost
0: Do, do I look fatigued, yeah. Marcus? What's that? I, look a I said, fatigued. and you don't want it to wind up another fatigued. Lost finale.
1: Oh, God, no. <laughs> Where this, this all just leads yeah, to no, nothing. No. The doors close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it turns out a bunch We're of rocks are on the, the whole desk time. there's just all these rocks on the desks in the office and yeah. and that's that
2: but but make no yes. mistake I am ride or die with with a bad idea. you know I you know I've signed up for it I' But and I believe in it.
1: Yeah, so you, you're you're a big fan of it. Really you good like people. it, James? Oh yeah, yeah they're yeah.
2: really no, regardless of all the marketing stuff. Yeah,
1: whatever, marketing aside, they got good. If books. you're just reading the books,
2: books, it's
0: totally worth it. And you know they have stood by and you know are still continuing to have it on. It's higher quality paper, and to me, higher quality stories. And they're short and limited, so that way you are getting to like complete stories and. I'm I've enjoyed every single one that I've read and I'll keep getting them. I started off with, you're going to get a couple. And at this point I have gotten every bad idea book that's coming out.
1: Yeah. The pin, the pin idea seems really oh, neat. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. It's really cool. Yeah, want it, you want it to lead somewhere. Yeah. <clears throat> what if it's like a Charlie, yeah.
0: uh, Charlie and the chocolate factory situation?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt and Kent, really Matt of Kent kills off
0: guests with yes. pins yes. throughout the day, and the last one standing with the pin gets to own the <laughs> Idea oh, oh my idea. gosh.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: uh,
3: uh, uh.
2: So Yeah, where it's, it's yes. been a weird, weird year. With They're gonna boys. beat Hopefully each other with the rocks. Idea, though That would be
0: <clears throat> that'd be cool. You know what? I don't care. Yeah, what a shame. Um so yeah, bad idea, Rocks. That's a thing that's happening. I really, I will keep up and let you people know, like, I want to see the rocks. I've seen on the Bad Idea Facebook group that some people have actually sent off for it because they're curious. And I am too. So I'm excited as I can be right now because I'm really close to just passing out, sitting up in this chair, to be honest. Um, So, yeah, Uh, I keep losing my spot and what's going on. earlier when (laughs) James was talking, I kind of just drifted off and came back and He's I was like,
1: oh, God,
2: <laughs> I'm that boring, which
1: brings us to our next sooth- thing that sooth- we're sooth- going to have VF sleepcasts casts uh, starring James's <laughs> yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah. James. we are. James is
0: just yeah, we do like what's only- it called? that uh, sort of like sound in videos where it's the ASMR. ASMR. <laughs> ASMR. Just James. ASMR. Just James right up to the microphone telling us a story.
1: Or, like, packaging reviews where he's like opening it up, he's like, This box, it feels really good. I, I, my I think we uh, need to yes. do
0: that, and we'll make it a Patreon exclusive. i It's, content. A, it's super down.
1: popular, so
3: I honestly James, want to okay.
0: for ASMR videos.
3: It has to be James, though.
1: I don't yeah. know if do you want me to do it or not. <laughs> we could make yeah. a PO box well, where you mail things to James death. to open up, you know, like, oh my, gosh. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
3: Can we do right. this? I think okay, yeah, sure. yeah. It has so, the
1: potential it's in a wholesome world, world, it would be incredible. But we don't yeah. sometimes we don't Maybe live in that wholesome world. I'm we just... live in human millipede three. Um so. either yeah. way, a
0: lot of that idea is great. Someone please yeah. write it down because I'm going to get right into bed after this and I'll forget. Um but we're we
3: I'll mail James things.
2: Okay, you go
0: right. Can I help wall. you box them? <laughs> <laughs> Cause this is not a <laughs> world.
3: I'm got, I know. Keep I'm sorry. Yeah.
2: I won't talk about feet, though. Can't do that.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. That's hate true. feet. I just want to hate feet.
0: Yeah, I'm going to make James open the boxes with his feet, and then just have cake in it that he steps in. Anyways, uh, <laughs> everyone's got their judgy faces on right now. Yes. Um, so for the last what bit of news, this? I want to talk about something that caught my eye. Even though-
2: Meg, that's my life for oh. the last several months. So.
0: Yeah, James is- regrets at times meeting me. <laughs> but moving Hi. on for the last bit of news, I yeah, saw I um, uh, the producer of the upcoming Black Adam film starring The Rock, a movie that The Rock has been trying to make longer than I think the DC... Extended universe, or whatever it's called, has even been around. Um, but the producer, Hiram Garcia, uh, was talking about you know the movie and how violent it was going to be because the first trailer has The Rock grab a guy by the throat and just electrocuting to dust. <laughs> um, hey, it, that's not violent. yeah. And you know, like it's going to be PG 13,
2: you can do better than that, it's going to be
0: PG 13, but you know. Oh, oh no oh, oh Tom okay. uh, he'll get back in. Um, but something that I thought was really cringy to read was a producer saying we have a very high kill count in our movie. Black Adam is edgy, right? That's going to be a PG13 movie where it's very much like say the Dark Knight where they pushed where they that pushed the edges of PG13. I think we do that very much with Black Adam this just seems like some buzz word commentary mm. because first off black Adam. Now I'm not cringing because black Adam, you know, like he's killed people. I'm not against his anti-hero status or even villain status. The problem I have is that they're just like, we have a very high kill count. What the hell does that have to do with the quality of the movie? Like i just and look, yeah no, that and there's this weird thing where like apparently the movie's going to take place in the past and so the justice society of america is going to be around something that has not been alluded to at all in the dc extended universe it, i think that's what they call it i it, I, look, it, it this seems like it, it
2: it's a it's it's a producer yes don't worry about what he said that's that's usually a, a guy that got tricked into putting up money for for the movie that really does was probably drunk. Yeah, have you while watched he the it, producers? Well he heard the pitch yeah. or something. You
0: know, it's not a, um so don't worry too much and, and that. that's that's where I was trying not to give it too much weight because that's not the director or one of the writers saying it but you know please keep an eye on this movie and hopefully it is super cool. Tom's back. Hey Tom Can't hear Yay, you at all, Tom
3: buddy. We replaced you
0: no, that's okay. It happens sometimes. Anyways, um, we were just talking, Black Adam is going to have a high body count because it's edgy, according to its producer. Um, you know that I, the, my eyes rolled Ooh, in the back edgy. of my head Man. while that was happening.
2: <laughs> I mean...
3: I hate it when uh, if someone is talking about, like, something that they've made and that it's edgy, that's just... just still had a high, <laughs> high uh, anyway. yeah, But yeah, anyway. So.
0: But at the same time, like seeing, I would love to see The Rock play a bad guy who, like, who's directing me? Man, I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you.
3: Wow. It's like you don't even podcast. It
0: is Mm. being. Well,
2: I'm a comic shop owner. I probably should. It's being
0: directed by uh, (laughs) Wom Colette Sarah, who has directed House of Wax, Orphan, The Shallows.
3: Oh.
2: Did he do? Okay. Yeah, uh, he did like the uh, transporter and stuff. Oh did wow, he's okay. like a French director. Um, uh, or no, you got
0: a different else? guy. Mm-hmm. Now this guy did House of Wax, Gold, Two, Living the Dream, Orphan, Unknown, Nonstop, Run All Night, The Shallows, The Commuter, Jungle Cruise. Apparently, oh okay, that Disney film. Uh, yeah, which like I heard like it got good reviews. Jungle Cruise did. Um also with the rock. So maybe him yeah. and the rock have just become buddies. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder.
2: Yeah. So,
0: so yeah, we'll see if that ends up being any good. Um, but for the last thing I want to do, cause we always, I always want to have a recommendation on the episode is this weekend was a little bit busy. Um, obviously Tom and I have been doing the extra life marathon and we had some major changes in schedule, and so I had to put together a recommendation, and I decided to be that guy who talks about Christmas in November. Oh, okay. um, I almost put up, I uh, almost put up Christmas lights and everything, just so y'all could be like, "You're so uh. stupid." <laughs> but there, I was yeah. trying to think, think of something to get me in. One, I wanted to think of something happy and positive, and something to kind of get us in the mood for, like you know, a very usually a very cheerful time of the year. <laughs> and um you know if you if you are listening and you're booing me right now just know that your booze nourish me i feed on your booze and your frustration because i'm gonna talk about a christmas oriented comic by grant morrison called claws has anyone read claws by grant morrison
3: I definitely saw that and was like, yeah.
2: (laughs) And it may be.
0: So I don't think, again, I don't think we're getting video, but so you guys can see. Oh, okay. So the original, um,
3: it looks like. Yeah. It's the original seven
0: issue series. I'll give you the pitch for the original seven issue series. It is basically like an origin to Santa Claus. If Santa Claus was also mixed with like, Geralt of Rivia <laughs> a little bit. Oh, wow. And like he's this hardened woodland guy. Ew!
3: And That's he, weird.
0: um, he is basically becomes like a very action-packed Robin Hood sort of situation in this town. And so uh, the art is incredible. I think like they've done a really good job with it because he starts discovering that he has a stronger connection with the forest and the spirits in the forest than he knew. And, um,
3: I thought you said in the, the forest. force. Yes.
0: It's a, it's a, it's a Star Wars spinoff. Like, no, the forest, um, <laughs> oh, and no. some forest spirits. And so he somehow starts, he like in his sleep, he, these toys are made all of a sudden. And he is like, where did these come from? And so he starts, trying to help children in the town. And there's like uh, some sort of demonic entity in the town that is also trying to hurt people. And it's, it, I, I think it's really, really good. It is a little bit whacker, wacko. Uh, grant Morrison is really big on doing, whacker. Whacker. grant Morrison is, is really big whacker. on doing really crazy stuff. And some of the things that happen in this are no different. Um, And he has released after the main series, he released that takes, so the main series seven issues takes place in like the 16, 1700s around there Um, just, uh, but the he, Grant Morrison later came out with several uh, one shot sort of stories that all take place in modern times. And they're really cool because Santa in this has become more of a, superhero type figure with like a superhero type history and so these one shots all behave as though santa has had a series of adventures leading up to these and this is just the next story in that series even though there hasn't been a previous one okay Um, and they get those get a bit the original the one shots he released i feel like are different in tone and a lot more it sounds like it yeah Mystical, well, not more mystical. Um, they're a lot crazier okay. than the original uh, series, but it's all really, really good stuff. Um, and then uh, what is? When say, did this the, come out? Um, it's been out for a while. Okay, the original.
1: Yeah, like the the first seven issues. When did those come out? Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Yeah.
0: And question mark and election. um. Uh, Dan Mora uh, uh, was the um, artist and the cover artist on it. And the book even got um, an Eisner nom- nominated for its uh, Best Penciler and Inker in 2017. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so, oh, like, nice. this is a really cool limited series. It You know, if you order it now, it'll get here in time for Thanksgiving. And then you can dive into it for the Christmas season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just, it's I think it's a fun good read if you like the original series and you just want to see more of the character I think the one shots are worth reading even though they're different in tone um he released one per year for a few years but the last couple years he hasn't released another one shot so I'm really hoping you know this year or next year we can get another one and that he kind of continues that um because it's published by Boom Studios uh an independent publisher who is also putting out lots of incredible work. So hopefully they convince him to do that. Um so yeah, Klaus maybe is how you know that's the problem with reading sometimes is that you're like is that how pronounce it Yeah. But I assumed Klaus because it's about Santa Claus. Yeah. What was that uh, Netflix
1: uh movie where he, like it also has that grizzled Santa that lives in the forest and it's called Klaus.
0: Not the Israel? Yeah, it's it's animated oh, really? and Ed Norton okay.
1: plays like a postal like a he plays like what? a he's like he runs this tiny post office in this like town that's being um
2: Oh yeah that's like a, fought like, like a, a giant family feud going on
1: it's huh. divided the whole town and and then Klaus lives in the in the forest outside the the town and they start to do good for um also, really good. So there are parts of that that reminded me of, yeah. Of, uh, of I'll that. tell
0: you that, like yeah. it's it's different than that, <laughs> but like some of oh, the I'm basics of what <laughs> they're yeah. doing, yeah. Um, but no, I totally see this. I would even argue is a little bit more violent. It's really interesting. Like it's it's really brutal, and like the way they write him is really great. Like he is this like super heroic figure. Um, but he's got a lot going on with himself too. And the people he interacts with Um, great writing. So that's my recommendation this week. I hope you guys check it out. I only have it digitally, but maybe somebody in the room with me right now can order some physical
2: copies. Who's who's in the room with. Yeah. I'm curious.
1: You know, like the,
3: yeah, that's that's yeah. actually really creepy. And then if you just see a hand
1: like, like... Is there
2: somebody under the desk, or yeah, just what? Definitely thought but you
3: were. But if alone. you don't
1: want to be like Marcus and you want to support local bookstores, you should go get a physical copy at your nearest bookstore <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> <That's
2: right. laughs> go to your LCS and.
1: So it's nothing like the holding the copy in your hands, smelling the paper. I don't know if you just Marcus likes the cold, hard look of the tablet, but it just doesn't. <laughs> Yes, yeah.
2: he does. He
3: does it for him?
1: You guys are my favorite. Are. <laughs> he's too. He's too tired to like zip one back, so yeah, he's just, just absorbing done. Yeah, he can't fight it. That. <laughs> done. You guys are great. Yeah, I'm absorbing it. You're
0: nourishing me (laughs) with your hate. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, but that's going to be it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us and listening to VF Comics Podcast this week. Make sure you support us in any number of ways, whether it be communicating with us on our social media communities, like Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or donating to us at Patreon and Ko-Fi, where we're going to start uploading some exclusive content like James ASMR videos. (laughs) Um, Can't wait to get those up. Um, But with this support, we can extend our reach, do more interviews with writers, artists, and bring you more great sequential art content. So go and give us a follow, like, a comment, and um, 20 bucks if you're feeling, you know, real good. Or if you're not feeling good, please give us $20. We will see you all next week.